and voter fraud is all too common. Oh, everything is peachy dory, right? That's right. It's all peachy dory. Attention, Mr. And Miss America and all the ships at sea from the Pacifica Radio Network in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast at 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on 93 FM WLRI. In Maui, on 88.5 FM KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, 94.1 FM. Palinville, New York, 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950 KTNF. The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. We're also streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, amongst others. Coast to coast, blanketing planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me, if not some of you. From bradblog.com, thank you for joining us today. Yes, everything is peachy dory. As Donald Trump said yesterday, uh, the end is nigh, at least the end of the endless presidential debates uh, from the uh, the end of the world as we know it. 2016, the uh, Republican and Democratic nominees are in Las Vegas today at the University of Nevada for the mercifully final debate of this insane election tonight. It will be moderated for the first time by an anchor from a pretend news network. Uh, Chris Wallace of Fox News will be uh, moderating it. So prepare for pretend fairness and inappropriate balance. And since uh, Wallace had said he does not believe it's the role of the moderator at these things to provide fact checking, uh, even though, by the way, he said he believed differently during the GOP debate that he moderated during the primary season. But now it's not the role of the uh, of the moderator to provide facts and fact checking to help the uh, educate the American electorate. So uh, no doubt we'll have a bit of, uh, of fact checking to do tomorrow in our full coverage of the final presidential debate on tomorrow's broadcast. Uh, no matter what insanity and darkness and disasters uh, befall both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and the nation along with them. So for now, uh, catching up with a bunch of items of note, uh, maybe some stuff we've been uh, trying to get to lately as we've been uh, forced to try and wade through the disinformation and nonsense pervading the corporate media and everywhere else of late, trying to make sense of it to help you and me 
Become a more informed voter with just three weeks until Election Day. Uh, more on that in a moment. Also, Desi Doyen is here with us as ever. Hello, yes, Desi Doyen. I'm, Are I'm you surviving? Barely. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad it's almost over. I mean, yeah, this has been well, a permanent campaign. Well, you know, it's, this could be the longest three weeks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you're right. So don't get too excited. Yeah. Uh, you'll also uh, be with us. We've got a, a Green News report coming up with a, a major, a lot amongst the news that has been getting uh, lost in this uh, election season, a major new international agreement that could have a very serious effect on climate change. Oh, most definitely. In a good way. Oh, this is a really yeah. good, very big, nice Good news. All right. Also, uh, some harsh words for climate activists from Hillary Clinton. Dun, in, dun, dun. Yeah, in one of the latest uh, WikiLeaks uh, uh, releases. So we will get to that. Uh, but first, Donald Trump was uh, in, where was this? Uh, Grand, uh, uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, I think, or Colorado Springs, or maybe both, uh, talking about talking about the polls which he endlessly uh, discussed during the primary constantly in all of his rallies. Now, for some reason, he doesn't want to talk about him so much. Now, even though we're doing pretty good in the polls, I don't believe the polls anymore. I don't believe them. I mean, you can't believe anything you see. I don't even believe the polls. I see these polls and they're not terrible. They're sort of good. Actually, if the people come out and vote, they're very nervous. I have a feeling this is another Brexit. This is going to be interesting. Well, yes, it uh, it is going to be interesting. I'll grant him that. <laughs> I'm not sure who's too nervous about uh, about the polls right now that Donald Trump doesn't want to talk about, at least to, uh, other than to tell his uh, his supporters that they're that they're doing very well. Don't believe anything else you might see. Now, yesterday on the broadcast, we talked about the Monmouth University poll, the new survey that had just come out. It is. Uh, one of a handful of polling outfits given an A-plus rating by Nate Silver's 538.com. There's just about four or five of these polling outfits that are rated A-plus. Monmouth is one of them. Monmouth's uh, recent survey, as we discussed yesterday, found Hillary Clinton up nationally over Trump in a four-way race by 12 points among likely voters. She also hit 50% support for the first time in that poll after uh, the Monmouth pollsters found enthusiasm amongst uh, Clinton's supporters actually jumping 10 percent within the last uh, couple of weeks. Trump's had fallen. The enthusiasm for uh, Donald Trump among his supporters had fallen about 5 percent since their last survey last month. But don't believe it. Don't believe it. Donald Trump uh, says everything is hunky peachy. Hunky, yeah, whatever that whatever was. Whatever <laughs> it was. Everything is is fine. So don't believe that. Don't believe that uh, Hillary Clinton is up by 12 points nationally. Also, don't believe this new poll out from Bloomberg uh, Seltzer today, which, by the way, another A-plus uh, polling outfit, according to 538. Uh, Democrat Hillary Clinton now leads by nine percentage points. In the survey of likely voters uh, taken after, a leaked video prompted a series of women to come forward alleging the Republican had made unwanted sexual advances. Uh, advances. Support for uh, Trump among critical groups of voters, according to this poll, including men and the less educated, has weakened 
in the closing days, a trajectory, they say, that could translate into a landslide loss for Republicans in the Electoral College and setbacks in down-ballot races that could determine control of the House and the Senate. Uh, What's remarkable here, other than the the nine-point lead for uh, Clinton, is that after trailing among men throughout the summer, Clinton is now winning uh, among men, 46%. She's now winning 46% of their support in a hypothetical two-way race. That's compared to 44% for Donald Trump. She's also ahead among women by 17 points, no surprise there. Uh, and a, a one-point edge among white women, 46 to 45. In, uh, in the overall contest, Clinton leads 50 to 41 percent in a two-way contest. That's the same margin as when the third-party candidates are added in. But among those with no college degree, her edge is 48 to 44. This erases Trump's eight-point advantage that he had here in September. Among whites with college degrees, this was a longtime Republican uh, stronghold. Hillary Clinton has now expanded her lead to 13 points. So this is all of the demographics that Donald Trump would need to even come close to winning. Traditional Republican uh, advantages all but wiped out over the past month. With uh, 6% of voters now reporting that they've already cast their ballots, uh, Bloomberg says there is little time for Trump to turn things around, uh, as he also confronts what they describe as a superior Democratic ground game that's poised to lock in Clinton's current advantage. And we have, in fact, seen big numbers so far, at least the indications, in early voting. The second day of early voting yesterday in Georgia had huge lines, huge lines. People were waiting in line for some three hours to vote in early voting. There's still, wow. yeah, there's still a few weeks left. They could have gone, you know, after the crowds had died down. No, they wanted to stay and vote. Uh, and in a lot of Democratic areas in Georgia, by the way. Uh, Bloomberg goes on to note that the last time a presidential candidate won the popular vote by more than nine points was... President Ronald Reagan back in 1984. So we'll see if these uh, if these numbers hold a few more points here uh, from this survey. Voters are narrowly divided on their preference for congressional representation. Forty seven percent now say they preferred or are leaning towards their Democratic U.S. House candidate in their district, while 43 percent selected the Republican or leaned that way. That may sound like good news for Democrats as far as taking over the U.S. House. But remember, they've got to gain a lot of seats like the, like they got to pick up something like 30 seats. And the way these uh, as we, we've uh, talked about on this show, the way the, uh, the these congressional districts are now gerrymandered, even if the uh, Democrats receive, you know, a million, a million and a half more votes for House candidates overall, overall, uh, it still will not necessarily give the uh, majority in the U.S. House to Democrats because Republicans have, uh, to quote uh, Donald Trump, rigged the system. <laughs> 
systematically, legally, over time by redistricting in such a way to protect themselves from being voted out by any of their constituents, getting to getting to basically choose their own voters, as it were. We uh, exactly. And uh, this has been a scheme that has been in place for uh, was in place for quite a while that uh, came to fruition back in 2010. We spoke with Dave Daly, uh, the author of uh, uh, the book on this, of the Republicans Red Map plan a couple of weeks ago. I'd love to tell you the name of the book, but I'm not allowed to say it on radio, so we'll just say <laughs> it's uh, Rat Flippers is what we'll call that book if you want to look for it. A um, couple, uh, one more point here from the uh, Bloomberg Seltzer poll. While uh, Hillary Clinton is still viewed unfavorably by 52% of the electorate, which is unusually high for a presidential nominee, uh, the gap between her favorable and unfavorable ratings has now shrunk to just five points. So she's still underwater as far as favorability goes, but now only by five points. That compared to Trump's widening uh, favorable, unfavorable gap. His uh, man, he a 25 point gap between favorable and unfavorable for Donald Trump, according to this survey. America really, really dislikes Donald Trump, but everything is peachy hunky. Don't worry. Uh, also, <laughs> Rosie Dory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Obama, uh, I, should note, I, I should note that back in uh, we see these numbers, he's nine percent, uh, nine point uh, lead for Clinton, 12 point lead for Clinton. Remember that uh, Obama led Mitt Romney by just a little bit more than one point on Election Day back in 2012, according to the pre-election polls. Obama ended up winning by more than three points. So some of these numbers could actually expand. We've got a number of weeks, obviously, until Election Day. Who knows what will happen in Las Vegas at the debate tonight? Um, so they could expand. On the other hand, I think Trump's numbers are likely uh, higher than they are reflected in the polls, not because the polls are rigged, but because of the uh, what we refer to as the Bradley effect, that people are maybe a little bit embarrassed to tell pollsters that they support Donald Trump. Um, but who knows? Uh, that's what voting is for, and that's why voters would be wise to take nothing for granted this year. Uh, the polling averages at most of the aggregator sites right now have Clinton leading by a bit more than seven points nationally on average in a four-person race. But, you know, don't believe those. Don't listen to those polls. Things are going fine. They're hunky-rosy. Don't worry about it. Um, the polls, they're rigged, as uh, you know, Trump has been telling us, including, by the way, apparently Fox News's own poll uh, that I'll note is only B rated by the uh, by 538 uh, com due to its right wing bias. Nonetheless, Fox News's own poll finds Clinton leading by seven points nationally. Some of the uh, internals, however, on this poll are devastating. According to researcher Jeff Guerin, he notes that only 35 percent of likely voters think Trump has the temperament to serve as president. That compared to 61 percent for Hillary Clinton. Thirty seven percent of likely voters think Trump has the judgment to serve effectively. That compared to 53 percent for Clinton. Just huge numbers by a 57 to 33, uh, 57 to 32 point uh, uh, margin. 
voters trust Clinton more than Trump to make decisions about nuclear weapons, 57 to 32 percent, which, of course, means there's 32 percent of Americans that trust Donald Trump to handle nuclear weapons. Uh, Similar numbers when it comes to international crisis, uh, voters trust Clinton over Trump uh, by uh, almost 20 points, 56 to 37. Uh, And interestingly, Hillary Clinton is winning the uh, change election question from Fox News. In other words, 47 to 44 percent favor Hillary Clinton by three points. Likely voters trust her more than Trump to change the country for the better. So, uh, oh, and here's one. uh, Let's see one more here. Uh, Voters overwhelmingly reject Trump's position on immigration which is the entire M.O. for his for his candidacy at this point. Seventy four percent to 18 percent. Do you get that? Seventy four to 18 percent say they favor uh, setting up a system for illegal immigrants to become legal rather than deporting as many as possible. And that is according to Fox News. Uh, so, uh, of course, you know, they're rigged, too. They're all in on it. <laughs> they're all in on it. Uh, everything is fine. Don't pay attention to those numbers at all. And, of course, uh, as we pointed out many times, those are national numbers. So you can, you know, your mileage extent, may vary well, on a yeah, state level. On yes. a state. Well, we don't we don't have national elections. We have 50 state elections. Uh, but even on the state level, Here's a here's a a number. Hillary Clinton now leads Donald Trump by five points among likely Arizona voters, according to a new survey conducted uh, after the second presidential debate. This latest poll comes just days after Clinton campaign after the Clinton campaign announced it will boost its campaigning in Arizona the traditionally red state of Arizona. Clinton comes out ahead uh, by five points, 39 to 34. Libertarian Gary Johnson gets 6 percent. Green Party candidate Jill Stein gets one point. Uh, If Clinton, uh, if her lead in Arizona polls uh, proves accurate, it would mark the first time that the state preferred the Democratic presidential candidate since 1996. Who ran in 1996? Now that I'm trying to, is that ringing up? We remember who? who I think I think his name was Bill something. Bill something. Yeah, I can't remember. Back in 1996. Uh, other than that, they're completely uh, uh, Republican in Arizona for years and years. But it's not just this one survey. Looking uh, down the down the line here, the last uh, what is it? Last eight surveys. Five of the last eight polls. Uh, of varying quality in, in Arizona show Hillary Clinton with a lead over Donald Trump in Arizona. So there's that. Um, you know, take it for what for what you will. They're just polls. It what matters is how people vote and if people vote. And uh, to that end, we've got some good news. Uh, for for voters in Florida, we've been talking about Florida lately, the swing state, the key battleground state of Florida, that uh, basically if Donald Trump can't win in Florida, he can't win the presidency this year. Uh, the good news is we uh, had been talking about how uh, the, the uh, voter registration deadline, the Hurricane Matthew 
when it hit Florida, it hit over the final weekend right before the Florida voter registration deadline. And back in 2012, uh, more than 100,000 new voters signed up during those same days that this year, Governor Rick Scott had told all the voters to vamoose, basically mandatory evacuations as the hurricane rolled up the coast. He refused to extend the registration deadline. A federal judge was not happy about that, ordered it extended for one more week. And that week has now ended uh, with some 64,000 more voters uh, who were able to register in the state of Florida thanks to the Democrats' lawsuit uh, filed in the state of Florida after Hurricane Matthew to get that extension. So 64,000 Floridians now will be able to um, exercise their right to vote should they choose to, thanks to that extension. And, of course, you know, Florida has a habit of being kind of close. So that's some good news uh, for voters in Florida. In the meantime, the ACLU up in Georgia, which could become another swing state this year, um, the ACLU has uh, uh, filed now a lawsuit against uh, against Georgia asking for voter registration to be reopened there in counties where Hurricane Matthew forced evacuations uh, and government closures. This suit was filed earlier this week, uh, and uh, ACLU says the state's failure to extend the voter registration deadline despite massive disruptions caused by the hurricane means that thousands of Georgians will be prevented from participating in the November elections. The ACLU calls it unethical and illegal. That after a federal judge last week had ordered Chatham County to reopen voter registration there uh, for an extra week. But now the ACLU wants the judge to allow would-be voters in a bunch of other counties uh, for uh, six more days. Chatham, Bryan, Camden, Glynn, Liberty and McIntosh. The uh, state of Georgia is calling it a nakedly political stunt to manipulate the system and squander state and county resources days before the election. Why is it political? They didn't call it partisan. They called it political. Now, mind you, I'm pretty sure there are Republicans who also live in the state of Georgia who might also appreciate those six extra days to register. But uh, the state of uh, Georgia... Secretary of State Brian Kemp is calling this a desperate last minute attempt at relevance by the ACLU, uh, spoon feeding the liberal media exactly what it wants and forcing their agenda on the American people. That agenda of allowing more legal voters to actually get out and vote. Yep. According to the <laughs> secretary, according to the top election official in the state of Georgia. Uh, so there there's that. Uh, we'll see what the uh, what the federal court says there. And that was, you know, of course, after the governor had urged uh, residents to uh, also vamoose as the hurricane came up, get lost. And by the way, we're shutting down the government offices. And by the way, if you want to register to vote, sorry, you should have thought of that earlier. Uh, in Indiana, meanwhile, there is a, 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 an interesting case that I want to we'll see what to make of this one. Thousands of birth dates and names listed on Indiana voter registrations were changed. According to officials on Tuesday, this is prompting an investigation into possible fraud. Indiana residents reporting reported finding incorrect information when checking to see if they were registered to vote. 
This is according to the Secretary of State, Connie Lawson. I'm not yet sure what to make of this, uh, but uh, the um, Lawson said in a statement that the records were changed on paper forms at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles and online. So they're not sure, they don't believe that it was a hacking because it happened on paper forms and at the Bureau and online, according to Connie Lawson in Indiana, the Secretary of State there. Uh, the office is not sure why these records were changed. They are evaluating the statewide voter registration system. Uh, they have found no indication, at least, that it has been compromised. Uh, but voters who uh, encountered the issue had um, all cast a ballot so far in the primary election. That's the one thing that they seem to have in common. So uh, altered voter information, they note, uh, may cause some Indiana residents not to be able to find their registration. So, yeah, because when they go online to yeah. check whether they're registered, they're supposed to use their date of birth to find their own record. But if that's been changed, yep. they won't find it. They might think that they're not registered. That's going to be a very, very chaotic problem to have to deal with it on could, Election Day. It could be. And this goes along with, uh, you know, the reports that uh, voter registration systems in Illinois and Arizona. Arizona were hacked in some fashion earlier this year. So uh, please allow this as a reminder. Once again, check your registration. Check your voter registration. Do it now. You don't need to be surprised on Election Day. I don't want to hear from you. Well, I do want to hear from you on Election Day <laughs> if you have this problem, but I'd prefer to not hear from you on Election Day with this problem. Uh, there's a lot of reg voter registration deadlines uh, that are ending this week, by the way, uh, in states like Virginia, Maryland, Oregon, Nevada, New Jersey, Kansas, West Virginia, Minnesota, uh, Florida, because of the extension, uh, Mass uh, uh, Ma uh, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska. So uh, if you haven't registered, registered, but register. But if you are registered already, please check your voter registration to make sure it's accurate, has your name spelled correctly, has your birth date and uh, and address and so forth spelled correctly. And and please, you know. Do yourself and your family and your friends a favor. Help them to check theirs as well. Your grandparents might not know. Your parents might not know. Your brothers, your sisters, your friends. Everybody in your circle may not realize that they really should check their registration. So take control. Help them out. Be the person who makes sure that they get to vote. You mean all those people aren't listening to the broadcast? <laughs> One more point before we get to a quick break here. Uh, some more good news. Uh, a unanimous Tenth Circuit panel has rejected again, again, Secretary of State Chris Kobach of Kansas and his argument regarding proof of citizenship for registering to vote. This has been rejected again and again and again. He keeps trying. He keeps trying to keep thousands of legitimate voters off the rolls for no evidence whatsoever. He has no evidence that these people are not citizens. They, uh, you know, check a box attesting to the fact they are. It's a felony if they lie in checking that box and so forth. The unanimous Tenth Circuit panel has called his claims of uh, major non-citizen voting going on. The, 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 uh, the Tenth Circuit Court has called that, quote, pure speculation. 
They issued an 85-page opinion today before we went on air. I haven't been able to read it yet, but UC Irvine election law expert Rick Hassan says this is a perfect string of losses so far for Chris Kobach. It couldn't have happened to a nicer charlatan, oh, man. says Rick Hassan. So so in Georgia, they say that the, the, the Georgia Secretary of State says this ACLU lawsuit to extend voter registration is a waste of government and state resources. Yet Chris Kobach has been doing this same lawsuit, appealing over and over and over again, and that's somehow not a waste. That's not a waste because, you know, he ran on preventing voter fraud, literally. That was on all his candidate, uh, all, all his uh, campaign signs, stop voter fraud. And so far since he's gotten into office, he has been able to find... Like no voter fraud, like three cases of a couple people double voting in different states because they own property elsewhere. I, 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 you know, Kansas, this guy, uh, what an embarrassment for the state of Kansas. And he uh, just continues to embarrass them, but he continues to get away with it. He continues to go on Fox News and make these lies up about non-citizens voting. He repeats it over and over again, and he's able to get away with it. Why? Because our media, not just the right wing media, but our corporate media is such a disaster and allows this nonsense. We'll talk more about that nonsense after this break. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Well, you'll hear it from me if it's true. You won't hear it from me if it's not. Well, you'll hear me debunk it if it's not. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We spoke with uh, Fergus Cullen, the former chair of the New Hampshire GOP, earlier this week. Uh, he's a never-Trumper. He has been uh, uh, very upset about uh, Donald Trump and his his claims that the election will be rigged. Fergus Cullen, again, oh, did I mention he was the uh, former Republican chair? He's a Republican, uh, the New Hampshire GOP, and uh, he doesn't like what uh, Trump is saying. He's very concerned about what may happen if Donald Trump does not win on November 8th and uh, how Trump responds to that. But in the course of the conversation with Fergus, and you can download it at bradblog.com, uh, you know, I asked him, isn't this uh, also the fault of the Republican Party since they've been pushing this voter fraud line, this massive Democratic voter fraud going on at the polling places that they've been pushing that for years. Uh, and to my shock and surprise, frankly, uh, Fergus Cullen said, I don't think there's any argument that certainly some Republicans do believe that voter fraud takes place on a significant scale. He said, but I don't think the party has been pushing that line. And I was just floored by that, 
Of course the party has been pushing that line. He went on to say, please don't blame the party for institutionalizing this nonsense. Well, the party needs to be blamed for institutionalizing this nonsense on account of the fact the party has institutionalized this nonsense. And the fact that... Uh, a Republican leader, and this guy was very nice, I liked him, but very kind to come on. He was a nice guy, but the fact that he has not come to terms with that, it seems, suggests to me that uh, it's going to be a long slog for this Republican Party if they ever think they're going to rehabilitate uh, from what they have wrought in Donald Trump. Over at Bradblog.com, uh, commenter Jim Spriggs uh, listened to the um, listened to the episode and said, "Well, I just want to congratulate Brad on such a great show and a disturbingly informative interview with Fergus Cullen and how you pressed him on him being part of this voter fraud BS that the Republicans have been using as a phony reason to suppress people's right to vote. I couldn't have been more pissed off listening to that person," says Jim. Right then, he reminded me of one of the countless numbers of prosecutors who refused to acknowledge the part they played, regardless of evidence to the contrary, in imprisoning innocent people, sometimes for decades. Many people who have voted for decades with no trouble at all are suddenly being disenfranchised by Republicans who know they need an edge simply because their policies are so unpalatable to normal human beings and that really pisses me off, says Jim Spriggs in reply to that episode earlier this week over at bradblog.com. Uh, and if if there is any question, I, I, that's why I was amazed, you know, had had Cullen, you know, said, uh, well, yeah, the party has been doing that. Uh, I think uh, they've been wrong to do it. I think they've been overplaying their hand or, you know, whatever, or even said, yeah, we've been doing that. But that's not what Donald Trump is talking about. That I might have accepted, but for him to deny that it was happening was kind of shocking. Elizabeth Warren spoke to this uh, to this very point uh, in an op-ed at Washington Post yesterday, saying uh, Trump's argument about rig rigging by voter fraud didn't spring from nowhere. It's just one more symptom of a long-running effort by Republicans to delegitimize Democratic voters, appointees, and leaders. Elizabeth Warren wrote in the editorial she blamed Republican leadership for serving up a steady diet of stories about imaginary cheating, which she described uh, the tactic as the last refuge of the sore loser. Republican leaders and even Trump's running mate have tried to tiptoe out of the room when Trump makes ever wilder claims of a rigged election says Warren, but as much as these Republicans would like everyone to believe that this is a Trump-only problem, it's not. For years, Republican leaders have pushed the lie that voter fraud is a huge issue. She writes she condemned the tactic as one of manufacturing hysteria and disproportionately suppressing turnout by Democratic voters, especially black and Latino voters. Um, she is, of course, absolutely right, and the evidence shows it. But that doesn't matter. Evidence, evidence doesn't really matter when it comes to this particular Republican Party and its supporters. And I don't say this actually uh, <laughs> to bitch about the Republicans. I say it because I think we do need two healthy political parties in this country. And we barely have one at this point. <laughs> barely. Yeah, uh, so... 
but we are not going to get to po- uh, healthy political parties if the Republicans can still not come to terms with what they have wrought in Donald Trump. And it won't be easy. Um, because, you know, one of the reasons they're able to get away with these claims, these silly nonsense uh, claims about voter fraud, one of the reasons a guy like Chris Kobach, the secretary of state in Kansas, is able to, you know, continue to pretend that there is this massive wave of, you know, non-citizens coming in and voting uh, is because our media is so terrible and not just the right wing media, though. Let me give you an example first from the right wing media of how this stuff happens and how it is that years and years later, I'm still debunking the same nonsense. Uh, I'm still debunking, uh, you know, stuff that was never true at all. Donald Trump's been talking about these, you know, the Philadelphia vote and how it's a huge fraud in Philadelphia. Republicans in Philadelphia, Republican officials there are begging him to stop it because they say his claims are not true. Doesn't matter. He keeps repeating it. In any event, here's how this happens. You may have heard this story, but I think it's fascinating. This happened uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. Uh, An anonymous Twitter user by the name of Randy G-Dub, he claims he's a man. He calls himself, quote, the cool and chill guy of online. (laughs) That's his his Twitter uh, uh, profile. Uh, he he's he's a part of this uh, group of, of folks on Twitter called Weird Twitter. They tell jokes in the sort sort of a surrealistic style, uh, as Matt Pierce over at LA Times explains. Uh, basically, they take advantage of people who are not in on the joke. For example, Randy G. Dub tweeted, I am a black man for Trump. That's right, libs. We do exist. And he included a photo of a black man sitting on a computer giving a thumbs up. And all over the picture, it's watermarked Shutterstock, which is a stock photo uh, outlet. So you either get that joke or you don't. A lot of people apparently don't get it when uh, Randy G-Dub is kidding. So he put out a um, <laughs> he put out a, a tweet a couple of days ago that said, I love working at the post office in Columbus, Ohio, and ripping up absentee ballots that vote for Trump. Of course, people took the bait. Uh, A a guy on uh, Twitter, a guy by the name of Jackson, said, "Uh, that's a federal crime. You're claiming it's legal, so you must be lying for attention or extremely stupid. Randy replied, no, it's legal. (laughs) Jackson said, destruction of postal property is a federal crime. How stupid are you? Randy said, source? (laughs) (laughs) Jackson said 18 U.S. Code Section 1703, delay or destruction of mail or newspapers. Look it up. Destroying mail is a federal crime. Randy said, you just made that up. Nice try, though. Just driving this guy crazy. And he was buying into it. Uh, Another guy jumped in and said, see U.S. v. States 48 uh, Section 761-766, scheme to submit fraudulent absentee ballots. Randy replied, that got repealed, actually. And so, people fell for this And they stuff. fell for it. On and on and on this goes. Uh, but that's not surprising that people on Twitter fall for it. What was surprising, or maybe not surprising, is that uh, right-wing blogger Jim Hoft, also known as Gateway Pundit, uh, <laughs> who I have to apologize for because uh, he's the most embarrassing thing to come out of my state of Missouri uh, since the Dred Scott decision. Uh, but uh, this guy, this blogger, this right wing blogger will fall for anything. Uh, he posted a story titled Postal Worker Brags Online About Destroying Trump Ballots. 
Okay, so some right-wing blogger posts that, fell for it, fine. Then Jim Hoft, the Gateway Pundit's uh, post, got picked up, wait for it, by Matt Drudge. Oh, boy. Now it's on the Drudge Report. Postal worker brags about destroying Trump ballots. Then the story got picked up from Matt Drudge by Rush Limbaugh who goes out to his 15 million view listeners or whatever he has, uh, repeating this story about how postal workers are destroying absentee ballots in the state of Ohio, but of course nobody is investigating it because, you know, it's going to benefit Hillary Clinton. Then, of course, the cops heard it on Limbaugh, I guess, and the Columbus, Ohio police puts out a tweet saying, thanks everyone about the Twitter post of the person bragging about destroying mail in Columbus. We're on it. Appreciate the heads up. So now there's an investigation by the Columbus police. Then the Ohio Secretary of State comes in, says, I've contacted the U.S. Postal Service about posts alleging destruction of absentee ballots. We'll get the facts and true. And if true, we'll hold anyone guilty accountable. Then the U.S. Postal Service got in on it. An, investigative, uh, an investigation started all from this one tweet from this one anonymous guy who describes himself as the cool and chill guy of online. And I will bet you that 10 years from now, I will be out there debunking stories about how back in 2016, the Postal Service was ripping up absentee ballots in the state of Ohio just before the election. I will just bet you. That's how this happens. That's how uh, and, and, and the media pick it up in, you know, we can call uh, Rush Limbaugh and Matt Drudge. We can call them right wing media, but they have a huge audience as big as much of the corporate media much of the time. And if, we, if it was only the right wing media, maybe that would be one thing. But the regular media, the real media, the not uh, fake uh, news, right wing news outlets like Fox News, ABC News, ABC News puts out this clip amidst uh, Donald Trump and his uh, rigging tour or whatever he's been on lately. They put out this uh, this clip with a guy named uh, Tom Lamas uh, from ABC News. I guess he's a weekend anchor or something. I don't know the guy. Um, but this is how this happens. Uh, again, this is not Matt Drudge. This is not uh, Rush Limbaugh. This is ABC News network anchor Tom Lamas interviewing Donald Trump yesterday. I think this was asking him about his claims of vote rigging uh, that, that Donald Trump has been making. And uh, so you listen to the question, listen to Donald Trump's answer, and listen to Tom Lamas's scintillating follow-up question in which he holds Donald Trump's feet to the fire for telling I don't know how many lies Donald Trump gets into this one answer. Give it a listen. The Secretary of State of Ohio, who's one of your supporters, says what you're saying is irresponsible because it may hurt the peaceful transfer of power. Are you worried that if you protest an election result, it could lead to violence? No, actually, I think it's the opposite. I think people want to see honesty in elections. They don't want to see people voting that aren't alive and people voting five times or ten times like we have in many communities. And I think it's actually, Tom, the honest. I think, I think we have to, it's really the opposite. I think we have to be very vigilant and careful with people that are voting. People are coming in to vote and they're not registered. People are coming in as illegal immigrants. They don't have the right to vote, and they're coming in and voting. And you're not that surprised to hear this. I mean, you see it all over the country, but there's tremendous <laughs> voter fraud, 
And we really want it stopped. It can make the difference between winning and losing an election. Have you crossed the line in the past with women, ever? I don't think so. I'm, I have so That's women. his follow-up. Have you crossed respect. the line in the past with women? This guy, Tom Lamas of ABC News. Fire this guy, ABC News. Please. I was trying to count the number of lies there. Uh, that the people are coming in and voting five and ten times. Not true. Completely nonsense. Evidence for that, Mr. Trump? He's got none. That they're coming in not registered to vote. Also not true. That illegal immigrants are coming in all over the country to vote. Also not true. That there is tremendous voter fraud. Not true. The follow-up? Are you responsible for uh, anything at all with what you've done with these women? Again, not the right-wing media. This is, a, well, theoretically not the right-wing media. This is ABC News. Uh, not following up, leaving all of that, hanging out there as if it was actually true. Jay Rosen, the uh, media professor from uh, NYU, tweet, uh, tweeted, said, uh, ABC puts out this clip uh, showing its, its reporter supine, passive, stenographic, nodding sagely as the de deceptions pour forth. He said it was remarkable, really, and I agree. It is stunning, but it is exactly why we are in this mess that we are in right now. On the other hand, Chris Wallace of Fox News is moderating the debate <laughs> in Las Vegas tonight. So what could possibly go wrong? I will look forward to the fairness and the fake balance. All right, quick break, and we're back with Desi Doyen in the Green News Report. Maybe some of your emails right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Buckle up! Hey, this is Brad. What the public hears over the public airwaves matters. Without an informed electorate, we've got, well, we got what we have right now. We do our best on the broadcast five days a week to balance that with accurate reporting on issues that actually matter. We don't always get it right, but we try like hell to do so. And we do it all independently and without the influence of corporate or political funding. But we can't do it without you. Please don't presume others will step up. We need you to help us keep doing what Desi Doyen and myself try to do every day on the broadcast. Please help us continue to do so by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep the broadcast going and telling the truth over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. Don't wait. Please stop by today. Thanks. We're pushing uh, 90 degrees out here in Southern California in mid-late October. Yes, and there's a heat wave for the rest of the country as well, at least for the south and the northeast. Lucky October. But everything's fine. Everything's peachy hunky. Dory Rosie, whatever that is that uh, Donald Trump says, nothing to worry about. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, well, we'll try to get to uh, some listener mail in a second. But first, let's get to it. Our latest Green News report. It is staggering what this will achieve. We're talking about an amount that's, that's comparable to thousands of coal-fired power plant emissions. Major new international agreement to phase out climate warming refrigerants. First ever international agreement to cut emissions from airplane travel. U.S. emissions hit lowest level since 1991. 
September 2016 was the hottest September ever recorded, plus harsh words for climate activists and the latest Clinton WikiLeaks revelations. All of those harsh words and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. To be against fracking is like being against a cure for cancer. <laughs> or like being against the cause of cancer. But whatever, Stephen Moore, your right-wing knucklehead, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, we focus a lot on coal and oil and other fossil fuels, but this is pretty big news uh, concerning HFCs. Yes, this is huge news. In Kigali, Rwanda, over the weekend, more than 170 nations hammered out a deal to phase out hydrofluorocarbon gases, or HFCs, used in refrigerators and air conditioners, and they're thousands of times more powerful than carbon dioxide at warming the atmosphere. The new deal is supported by chemical and equipment makers. It's legally binding and is an amendment to the already existing Montreal Protocol of 1987, which has already succeeded at repairing the planet's ozone layer. Nations will be divided into three groups with three different deadlines based on their stage of economic development. Now, in an interview with Al Jazeera, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry called this a really big deal. I think that it's a monumental step forward that addresses the needs of individual nations, but it will give us the opportunity to reduce the warming of the planet by an entire half a degree centigrade. Did you get that? The phase-out will prevent half a degree Celsius of warming by 2100. That is huge. If you believe John Kerry. In aviation, the United Nations International Civil Aviation Organization announced last week that more than 190 countries have agreed for the first time ever to start curbing the increasing greenhouse gas emissions from the airline industry and will voluntarily start offsetting their emissions starting in 2020 by funding carbon reduction programs elsewhere. Scientists and environmentalists, however, criticized the deal as only slightly better than nothing, but did call it a good first step. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton had some harsh words for climate activists in the latest WikiLeaks release of hacked emails from John Podesta, her campaign manager. In a meeting in 2015 with labor union members focused on pipeline jobs, the leaked transcript excerpts show Secretary Clinton dismissed climate activists, pressuring her to stop all fossil fuel extraction, saying, quote, My view is I want to defend natural gas. I want to defend fracking under the right circumstances. They say, will you promise never to take any fossil fuels out of the earth ever again? No, I won't promise that. Get a life. She went on to say her priority would be climate change and repairing the nation's pipeline infrastructure, including sewers and water lines, over new pipelines. And it should be said she was speaking to a group of union members who were in favor of the Keystone XL pipeline, and she told them, before announcing it publicly, that she was opposed to the Keystone XL pipeline. So she was uh, walking a uh, pretty thin line there in those comments. It seems I suspect environmentalists are not going to be happy about it. <laughs> nope. Speaking of whom, in response, Bill McKibben, the founder of 350.org, in a statement to Politico, said environmental activists for now are focused on defeating Republican presidential nominee and climate science denier Donald Trump. Quote, we'd love to move on to things that are more rewarding, like building out a solar and wind fueled future. The day the election is over and the creepy perv is beaten, <laughs> we will be back hard at work. 
The emails and excerpts reinforce the perception of Clinton as a conventional Democrat who supports the Obama administration's policy of prioritizing reducing coal emissions first, despite the environmental impacts of fracking. Meanwhile, September 2016 was the hottest September ever recorded globally. According to NASA, this newest hottest September ever beats the old September record set just last year and comes on the heels of the hottest August on record and then the hottest July on record and the hottest June and so on and so forth going back for 16 straight months, Mm. which is in itself a new record. July and August 2016 also tied for the hottest months ever recorded of any month on Earth ever. And 2016 is now virtually certain to be the hottest year on record for the third year in a row. Finally, the U.S. Energy Information Administration reports that the United States greenhouse gas emissions from energy have dropped to their lowest level since 1991, the lowest emissions in 25 years during the first half of 2016. You're just trying to finish with some good news, aren't you? Yep. For much more on all of these stories, good and bad, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side Now, you called that bright side thinking, but in reality, it is a big deal that the U.S. emissions have declined for the first time in 25 years. Of course, there are some some of those emissions are because we outsourced so much of our manufacturing to China. But China is now making big inroads and big changes. I also want to have one other follow up on the on the big treaty, you know, the Kigali Amendment. You got a few words to get in here, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay, I got an email about that, by the way, in a second. I know. Do you know? Okay. Yeah, you said something about it. So, yes, so this Kigali Amendment to the Montreal Protocol, there is a question as to this whether— This is the amendment that, that bans refrigerants, HFCs, will supposedly lower uh, global warming by a, a half a degree. Half a degree Celsius, which is a big deal. Right. Now, there's a question as to whether or not this amendment itself will require Senate approval from the U.S. Senate. Obviously, that's been uh, controlled by Republicans who would not uh, be likely to vote on a ratification of that amendment. So there is some question if this treaty that was already approved back in 1987, if this amendment would require an additional approval. If it is, in fact, legally binding uh, here in the U.S. at right. least. Okay. Does it have to be voted on? We don't know yet. State Department says they don't think so. EPA says they don't think so, but some other environmental law experts think that they might have to. So that question still remains up in the air. Thank you very much for that. I've got, I uh, wanted to get to some uh, listener mail. I may only have time for this one, but does you, you may like this one. Uh, this comes from uh, Thomas L. This is an email to bradcast at bradblog.com, where, by the way, we always uh, welcome your thoughts and input. Uh, Thomas says, You should have let Desi do some of the questioning of your guest, Pamela Smith, of Verified Voting yesterday. And not do all of the questioning and commenting yourself. Desi was only allowed to speak three or four words at the end of your show. (laughs) It needs to be 50-50 most of the time. Desi was just being humble and polite, conceding to you as to why she did not get to speak. This time was no exception. Desi just does not get time to speak. She can only speak when you allow her to do so. Desi is relegated by you to a secondary role on your show. Where are the rights of women on your show? Rename your show the Brad Desi Cast. (laughs) 
at braddesiblog.com. Thank you, Tom L. Thank you. Now, oh, uh, did I say you could respond yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't know if Tom L. is uh, is kidding or not, but I enjoyed the note nonetheless. And now I will give you a chance to respond. Go ahead, Desi Doyne, your, <laughs> your response, please. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Tom L. That is very sweet and kind of you to consider me and to be so considerate to think of my welfare. Um, yeah, I am usually being humble and polite, but I do run the microphone. So if I want to talk or I want to stop you from talking... I can do that. I see. Uh, most of this, uh, the you know, and I and I understand that I do really. I, I honestly do appreciate that concern. Okay, wrap it up, Des. Most of get the out. time, Let's this go. is by necessity because I am also engineering at uh -huh. the same time, much of the time. Um, but also, it's by choice as well. You know, when it's somebody like Pamela Smith and it's on an issue about voting, for example, that you're clearly more your expertise is much broader than mine. I I actually do go ahead and let you ask those questions when I feel like it, it better informs our listeners and better tells the story so that's that's my own position on it i'm okay with it i think but i need thank to, you i think i need to get that randy g dub guy on the twitters uh to start a new hashtag hashtag free desi <laughs> <sighs> let's see what we can get started uh use hashtag free desi but also uh, use hashtag bradcast if you'd like to reach us on the uh, facebook's or the internet's where I am simply the Brad blog. By the way, you can read Desi there as well. She is Green News Report, yes. as we just said. Hashtag free Desi. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, who you need to hear from more often, I think. Uh, and also to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's greatly appreciated, as are those of you who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do over your public airwaves every day. Well, five days a week in any event. Uh, you can drop me email as well, as I mentioned, bradcast at bradblog.com. And if you missed any portion of today's program or any other, you can download it as ever for free at bradblog.com and over on the iTunes where you can subscribe to get it automatically uh, and give us a good rating. Say a few kind words for us while you're there or just type in hashtag free Desi. It's up to you. <laughs> Makes it a little easier for everyone else to find us. That's it. Uh, okay, we will be back with our special election, our special debate coverage, the final presidential debate from Las Vegas on the next thrilling episode. Until then, buckle up. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.